Welcome to I Speak Human, a podcast about navigating the human experience by way of the stars. I'm your host, intuitive astrologer, Akashic record reader, and fellow human, Victoria Greer Stevens. Join me each week as we look to the stars to answer life's big questions. Who are we? Where are we going? And why are we here? This is I Speak Human. Hello and welcome back, guys. <sighs> I just want to take a breath. Let's all just take a breath in because there's so much energy coming through right now, y'all. Take a breath in, put a hand on the belly, hand on the heart. Good breath in through your nose. Hold. <sighs> and out through the mouth. Let's do that two more times. Take a breath in through your nose. Let's do it for the count of five. Hold for five. And let out for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome back to another episode of Ice Feet Human. Guys, this is the 24th episode of the show. And I know that might not sound a lot considering the fact that the show has technically been around for a year and a half, but. I'm not great at follow through. So <laughs> my goal is to get this show out every week and I've done it some weeks and I have in others and I'm trying instead of beating myself up and saying, oh, I'm going to be better, dad. I think I'm just learning my own rhythm and I'm learning to give myself permission to put out content at my own speed and my own internal, you know, clock, which goes for Instagram and goes for podcast. And it's so weird because I love these things so much. I love Instagram, guys. Like, I know there's some people that are like, fuck social media. I think it is fantastic. I love the formulas. I love the algorithms. I love the strategies. And I love following Instagram strategists. And I love, and it's not even necessarily, because it's funny because I've learned so much stuff and I'm not, and it's not necessarily because I'm like, I want to grow my business and I want so many followers. I do, but I I genuinely am interested by how it all works. It's probably my Libra moon in my third house. (laughs) So I just have a love of beauty. I have a love of balancing things. I love systems. My Libra moon is squaring my Capricorn sun, or well, not quite. It's squaring my Mercury and Capricorn in my sixth house. So I love systems. Sixth house is all about organization and making things in your life run smoothly. Capricorn is definitely like about efficiency um, and learning. And Capricorn wants to learn the most and really understand it. So like, I don't want to just understand how to like make a post pop so I get a lot of likes. I really want to understand the system of social media. And then my Libra moon just loves learning things and loves connecting with people. And it's so funny when social media actually does the thing that it's supposed to do. um, I'm always just so pleasantly surprised. And what it's supposed to do is connect us. And this is actually a really good segue that I'm really excited to talk about a company that I want to give a shout out to. Um, This company is not sponsoring the show. I just genuinely want to give them a little bit of love and send you guys their way. Um, The company is 
based here in Nashville, and it is called Clara Jane Nash. Clara Jane Hemp Dispensary, and they specialize in CBD products, self-care products. Me and my partner have personally ordered products from there before, and they were delivered to our door in the most beautiful packaging and sweet note attached to it. And if you've never used CBD products, you it's not just, you don't just smoke it, <laughs> you know, totally can. Um, we do, we have. Um, but you can also get it in balms and salves and even food. Um, and they're not sponsoring this episode. So I don't really have a ton of content on, you know, their company motto and all that stuff. But I'm just telling you as a customer and somebody that has bought their products and really, really enjoyed them. And I also just love supporting local companies. And the reason I wanted to shout this particular company out is because, um, one of the owners, she's been following me on Instagram and we've, and I started following her and we've been connecting about astrology and different things. And then I was like, wait, you guys, like you own Clara Jane. That's amazing. We love that place. Like we love it so much. And like the aesthetic is beautiful and everything about it. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to give you guys a shout out on the podcast. And guys, I'm taking a look at their website right now. And there's so many fun things on it. She has a, first of all, she has these dope cannabis earrings that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> um, but then ooh, there is a full moon kit in Virgo. And I don't know what's in this kit, but I am stoked to take a look. Um, oh, okay. I'll tell you what's in it. Um, there's a rose quartz heart crystal. Oh, yes. Some sage smudge bundle. Um, a gelato moon rock with CBG Keef, a beeswax candle. Oh my goodness. Um, and then it's, there's 10% off a service and then a PDF ritual book. Oh, this is so cool. Guys, this is really cool. You guys should go check this kit out. Um, so I'm guessing they do them for all the, all the different moons. Oh my gosh. And then there's a, the stoner babe coloring book. <laughs> Holy crap. This is awesome. This is a really, really cool website. So anyway, go. I'm literally like geeking out, like shopping online right now. They deliver to all 50 states. If you want to go check out Clara Jane and support a really awesome company that also loves astrology and all woo-woo shit, um, go check out clarajanenashville.com. Um, slash, slash self-care, it looks like that's all the fun stuff I was on. So I will link that in the show notes. Yeah, I'm all about this stuff. So you guys can go shopping and then we can chat about it. Um, again, they're not sponsoring this episode. I just really, really like their products and wanted to support them. So anyway, let's get into today's episode, shall we? So Mars is entering Gemini today and thank the sweet Lord baby Jesus in the manger because dear Lord baby Jesus in the manger has the past couple weeks been kicking my ass. I mean, just really just straight between the butt cheeks, if you know what I mean. And yes, I am being crass and not all proper as I normally am, because like I said, I've really gone through the ringer and I'm so happy I have because I feel like what has happened the past couple weeks is shown me that when I'm not in alignment with my highest self and the way that I do things in my rhythm and my timing, life feels crazy. So 
I talked about in the earlier in the, just so you guys know, I don't think of myself as this like, oh, I know all these wise things and follow me and listen to me. Half the time I'm like telling you guys astrology forecast and then I don't follow what I'm saying because of my own ego and my own work that I'm doing. So, but it's, it's always, it's interesting because I feel like this time I was really convicted, feels like such a like strong word, but I became aware. I was conscious. I like that better. I became conscious of that pattern of like, wow, like I'm telling these people to do X, Y, and Z based on the stars. And yet I'm not doing that. And I can tell because I'm fighting up against this energy. And it's not even like I feel like a hypocrite, like, well, I'm telling them to do it and I'm not doing it. The way I see astrology is I'm telling you guys the weather. And if you guys want to go out and play in the rain, go for it. If you guys want to try to do a picnic on a day that it's raining, you know, go for it. But I'm just telling you what the energy is. So I don't ever, you know, this is actually something I love about this job, this career is because I think the thing I've always hated about like life coaching or, and I love life coaching, but I think the idea of like a life coach or a guru or even an influencer is like they have their shit together and do what they say and you can have your shit together too. And I've just always been like, well, fuck, I can't, like, when am I going to arrive to be able to, like, deliver my wisdom to the world? Because I don't feel like I have my shit together. And what I love about astrology is I'm just reading the energy and we're figuring it out together as we go. Because just because I'm reading the energy doesn't necessarily mean that, like, the human part of me wants to do it. So, like, for instance, I talk about if you haven't listened to the March forecast yet, please go back and listen to that. Um, and it'll this this next piece will make a lot more sense. Um, in the March forecast, I talk about we're going through this evolutionary process this month of really diving into our inner selves and our psyches of who we really are, and then stepping into that and voicing that in the world. And then there'll be a lot of action following that, like as we transition into Aries energy later in the month. But there's definitely this need to get an alignment with our truth and our higher, highest self in every area of our lives. So for especially though, where this energy has been like building up. So especially in certain, you know, places in my chart. But for me, I've just, I know that my own rhythm and being in my own truth has been something I've really needed to address because I have this tendency to think that there is a right way to do business. There's a right way to have a podcast. There's a right way to have an Instagram. And if I'm not doing it that right way, then why do it at all? And that's such bullshit. And then I, you know, get into the imposter thing of like, well, I have to like get my shit together before I can like start talking to people about the stars and like, okay, (laughs) no, I don't. I can talk to you guys about the stars and be like, I'm also trying to figure out what this means as we're going. And, you know, I am an intuitive. I do think that I am gifted at helping people sort their own lives out and find their own passions and figure out how to express those. And, I love using astrology, you know, emotional health tools, and then my own intuitive gifts. But 
you know, I am still on that journey for myself as well. And so I, I've, I've always felt very uncomfortable from presenting myself in this way of like, I've arrived and do, you know, follow my lead and you will too, because I just, I just think that's bullshit. You know, I think we're, we're all on our own paths. And what I would love to be for you is just somebody that maybe is helping you make sense or maybe put to words what you already know. Um, or just giving you another language or like a different way of looking at things. Um, and if or just somebody that's telling you the fucking weather so you know how to plan your your week. Like I feel great about that because I think our daily lives is so important. You know, you I don't really care if I'm, you know, you guys are listening to this podcast because you're like, she's such a sage wisdom. But like, I'm cool with you guys listening to this podcast because you're like, yeah, she tells me the best time to write my shit. Like, cool. Um, And you guys may be like, why is she going through all this? I think I need to say things like this for myself as well. Because I don't know, I think I think I sometimes get in my head that in order for me to have a voice and in order for me to express my truth and teach and do what I feel like I'm my soul wants to do, I have to be perfect. And I have to have the solutions to all of your problems. And yeah, I think I'm just publicly letting myself off the hook for that. (laughs) Okay, let's get to started with today's episode. So today we're starting a four part series on the elements. So today we're going to start out with the fastest of all the elements, which is fire. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the element of fire and we're going to go through the three signs that are fire ruled signs. So those signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And this is a four part series. It won't necessarily be released one right after the other, but it's a um, four part series on the elements. And so I'll start with fire and then the next one will be on air and then we'll do water and then we'll finish off with earth. So And we'll eventually get through all of the signs of the Zodiac. And if you are, you know, hearing this and you're like, well, I don't have any, you know, maybe you're a triple cancer. You're a cancer rising with a cancer moon and a cancer sun all. And you're like, I don't have any planets and fire signs. I want you to still tune in. Not just to get my numbers up, guys. That's not why. But no, really. I really want you guys to tune in because you have fire in your chart. Now, depending on where it is in your chart, it may not be that you are expressing it. Like, for instance, let's say you have... um, So if you're a Cancer rising, you have Leo in your second house. And then you would have... Let's see. And then you would have... Sagittarius in your sixth house, and then you would have, um, oh, Aries in your 10th house. Okay, so your second house is money. Your sixth house is like your daily routine and your job. And then your 10th house is, um, it can be how you're seen in society, but it can also be your boss. So it could mean that you are in a work environment that's very hostile. So that could be how fire is showing up for you. And or it could be that you're in a work environment that's really motivating. And there's a lot going on, or it's a very physical work environment. Maybe you work at a gym. Maybe you're in fitness. Maybe, you know, with um, maybe you have really heavy, you know, second house placements and you work in finance, but you're working for a lot of really fiery energy and your boss is really fiery and passionate and your coworkers are really fiery and passionate. So this, you still have all of these signs somewhere in your chart. 
So tune in and just kind of listen. I'm going to go through some of the houses um, for these um, and what that might present themselves like. But if you're really curious, highly suggest you get a reading because, and I don't say that because I'm just too lazy to go through all of it. Again, it's just so much for me to cover everything that would apply to everyone this would be a seven hour podcast. So I like to, you know, I like to start giving you guys kind of an idea um, of what might be going on in your chart. But the best way really to follow along and understand is to get a personalized reading and get a reading and then still follow along and then it starts making more sense. So if you're super lost listening to episodes, but you're super, but you're really curious about astrology, yeah, I, I think that's a cool place to start. Um, Anyway, but let's start with Aries. <laughs> Aries is the first of the fire signs. So again, the three fire signs, it's Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. And then out of each of the fire signs, they have different modalities. So every element has three different modalities. The first modality is cardinal. So cardinal is initiating. So each of the elements have an initiating sign. Those initiating signs are Aries for fire, Cancer for water, Libra for air, and Capricorn for earth. So if you have a lot of those placements, then you like, let's say you have a lot of Capricorn, like I do, I have so much Capricorn, I have Libra moon, I have an Aries midheaven, and I have my Jupiter in Cancer. So I have a lot of cardinal energy in my chart, which means I initiate and start things a lot. Um, I'm generally the person that like initiates friendships. Um, I initiate like hangouts a lot. Um, I'm the one that initiates businesses or creative projects. Even like if I want a different job, like within my work, I'm the one that will generally go up to my boss and be like, I want this. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. Um, but rarely will they come to me and be like, hey, would you like to do this? Um, and if they do, it's surely not something I want to do. <laughs> so I, I have a very initiating energy, whereas, um, you know, somebody that has a lot of fixed energy. Um, so that would be for fire, Leo. Um, for water, that's Scorpio. For air, that's Aquarius. For earth, that's Taurus. You're somebody that has a lot more consistency um, day to day. So maybe you're not the initiator, but you're the maintainer. So maybe you have somebody with a lot of fixed energy. They generally have a hard time with change and getting started with things. So they really don't like change. That's the mutable signs. That's, you know, Sagittarius, Virgo, Pisces, um, and Gemini. Um, and then... Or and they don't like they don't like to start things or they're they don't ha it's difficult for them to get started so um, especially like Taurus is like the most fixed of all the signs so if you have a lot of Taurus in your chart you might just like really hate change but also like the idea of getting started to do something else is really difficult and then it's really difficult to get yourself to stop doing it once you're doing it um, so that's fixed. Um, and then you have mutable. Mutable for fire is Sagittarius. Mutable for earth is Virgo. For water, it's Pisces. And for air, it's Gemini. Mutable, it's, it's, it's what it sounds like. It's adaptable. It's changing. So if you notice, these are also, it, it goes with the seasons. So cardinal signs initiate the season. So Aries in the Northern Hemisphere begins spring. Capricorn begins winter. But still, even in the Southern hem Hemisphere, it's the opposite, right? 
um, Capricorn, I believe, starts summer um, versus winter. Um, so, but Northern Hemisphere, Aries begins spring, um, Cancer begins summer, and Libra begins autumn. And basically just flip those if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. So Capricorn begins spring, Cancer begins summer, um, Aries begins fall, and Libra begins spring. So, which in a weird way, I kind of like that. I like that Libra would instigate spring. Um, anyway, but so they begin a season, whereas the fixed planets maintain the season. So so even th so regardless of what hemisphere you're in, it's still initiating a season, right? And then with the fixed signs, so Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, those are in the middle of the season. So Aquarius in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the middle of winter. And that's Aquarius is often considered like cold and brittle and um, it's it's a Saturn ruled sign that's cold. So it's it, and it has that dry quality. Saturn's very dry. So that's, and that's what you think of with winter. It's cold and it's, it's, it's that coldness to it. Um, and then, you know, Taurus, it's maintaining spring and Taurus, you know, that energy, it's really lush and it's, and it's beauty and it's enjoyment. It's how we are in spring, like spring fever, but it's maintaining the season. Again, Let's not get too caught up in the seasons because I think I like to keep astrology so it works for wherever you're at, you know, southern or lower or southern or northern hemisphere, but it's maintaining the season. It's keeping it going. And then we have the mutable sign, which it's transitioning us into the next season. So, you know, Gemini takes us from once spring to summer in the northern hemisphere. Virgo takes us from spring to fall. Um, so it's a transitioning energy. So if you have a lot of mutable signs in your chart, you might find that you're you're really cool with change. You like change. You get really bored if things stay the same. Um, that's why Sagittarius is associated with travel. It wants to move. It wants to change. It wants to try new things. It doesn't want to be stuck and stagnant, um, which is associated a lot more with fixed energy. So I know we went through all of the signs, but I want to come back now to fire because those are the ones we're really going to focus and hone in on today. So the first fire element is Aries. Aries is the first out of the zodiac. It's ruled by Mars. It's again, cardinal. It it's a very primal energy. Uh, Aries energy, it wants what it wants. It's associated with war. It's associated with sex, like raw sexuality. Um, it's also associated with competition and athleticism. So somebody with a really prominent Aries placement, for instance, like an Aries rising, most of the time when I meet an Aries rising, they were... Um, they were athletes, just natural athletes, because the first house rules the body. So um, again, it's a Mars ruled sign. So Mars is associated with cutting and with burning. Um, it's also associated with like fire and passion. So um, like my friend, she um, she's an Aries sun, moon and Mercury, and she was an athlete growing up. And now, there are some ways that you don't necessarily see her as an Aries, and she's an Aquarius rising, so she doesn't come off quite as aggressive as, like, um, what you would think of as, like, an archetypal Aries, but 
like see her in competition and you're like, oh, there's that Aries energy. So I think it's really important when you're listening to, you know, me going through these signs, whether it's the fire or, you know, as we get into the other elements, I think it's really important to keep in mind that you may not embody all of these qualities. Depending on where it is in your chart, you're going to embody some of them. And, you know, one of the like criticisms of astrology is always, well, like, like that could apply to anybody. And I'm like, yeah, because we all have all of these elements and all of these signs in our chart. And, you know, it's this idea that astrology is supposed to, I don't know, individualize us in such a way that separates us from each other. But I think in astrology being used correctly is going to help show us what we have in common, not just what is different about us. So understanding where like, hey, where you have an Aries somewhere in your chart too. Maybe you don't have any planets there. And maybe you are listening to me describe this energy and you're like, ugh, that's like toxic masculinity. And yeah, it's associated with that. Because it is like, I want what I want. It's definitely this like, um, Aries doesn't care about feelings. And it doesn't care about like working with the other a lot of times people with really prominent, like I have my airy my midheaven and Aries. And I have a really hard time working for other people with other people. I have this trailblazer energy where and it's not that I don't like to work with other people. It just doesn't generally work really well. Because I have an energy that goes at such a pace that it's not predictable. And I'm not going to be able to tell you when it's going to happen. And so that can make it really difficult to work with team teams. And something that I'm focusing on now in my life is observing my natural rhythm so I can help hire different people um, as I start developing te a team that will fill in those gaps for me and keep that, you know, momentum running. Like when I have this burst of energy and 18 ideas and get them all started, like, okay, help me bring those to fruition because I don't, I'm not always able to do that, if that makes sense. And that's Aries. That's that quick, fast energy that is going. And Aries doesn't think. It's very instinctual. And it it's and like I said, it's primal. So that's why it's associated with like raw sexuality. And it's associated with fucking and fighting. And that's like my favorite way of saying it. And notice I said fucking and not making love. It's associated with that like, oh, get down energy um, that we all have inside of us. But again, some of us, that's a lot more apparent. Um, and it's something that we're really comfortable with. And for others, it's something like, let's say, for instance, you're a Taurus rising and you have Aries in the 12th house, you might not really feel comfortable expressing anger. You might not really feel comfortable expressing that raw, passionate side. Maybe that's something that's like a bit more hidden for you. Um, whereas, like I said, if you have Aries in the first house or you have your sun or moon or midheaven in Aries, and it's, it's really funny because if you look at where you have Aries in your chart, it can really speak to maybe the ways that this energy is showing up for you. One of my favorite ways, though, is people that have Mercury and Aries, but then their sun in Pisces, um, or even like their sun in Taurus and their Mercury and Aries, because a lot of times these people like Taurus and Pisces energy are a lot more chill than Aries energy, but Mercury is how we communicate. So like a lot of times people like that have Pisces suns and then a Mercury Aries are like, what? Like, I'm really calm. I'm really chill. Like, I'm so go with the flow. But 
then they communicate very to the point. So like an Aries is not going to go, okay, hi everyone. Welcome to the meeting today. I'm so happy to have you all here. Has everyone gotten to try one of my cookies that I made? That's so not Aries energy. Aries energy is like, hey, everyone, get out your pens and papers. We got a lot of shit to get through. First of all, and like, and maybe they're super excited. Maybe they're like, this is going to be the best quarter ever. And we're going to make so much money. Woohoo. Or maybe they come in and they're super pissed. Like, first of all, you guys are fucking everything up. Like, it's still, like, so honest and primal. Another quality of Aries is, is that it's impatient as fuck. So I love my friend. I talk about my friend Samantha a lot. And I promise she'll be on this podcast. I feel like she's like George Glass from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I talk about her so much. And, like, it's like, does she really exist? And, you know, you know when, you know, Marsha had a boyfriend and Jan, um, really wanted to have one too and she she faked having a boy call her and then her mom said or Marcia said what what's his name Jan George George Glass so Samantha's my George Glass maybe that's what I'll call that episode <laughs> birth chart reading for for Victoria's George Glass just kidding anyway we digress so but one of the things that's really funny about her is she has an Aquarius rising. So she comes off really patient to me. (laughs) Like, eh, I shouldn't say really patient. She comes off a bit more patient than she really is. Like when she wants something and like either in a career or like a move or even like relationally, she wants it right then and she doesn't want to wait. Um, And so she's got this like impatient energy, but she's not like argumentative like a lot of Aries all the time, but she can be. So I'm actually going to read her chart live when we do. I think we're going to try to record in the next day or two for next week's episode, hopefully. Um, And we'll do a live chart reading. Well, it won't be live, but we'll do a chart reading. And then um, we're also going to chat about our Saturn returns. But Per where she has Aries in her chart, it really showed up for her like playing sports in primary school um, because it's in her third house. And then she has her sun, moon and Mercury. So athletics were very important to her growing up. Um, and then as soon as she got to college, she stopped like doing volleyball and it was it's it's very much in her chart that that would have been a lot of energy in her early years. And then you know, that wouldn't have necessarily, now she's still athletic, but it, it's it's not necessarily showing up the same way that it did because the third house rules pretty uh, siblings, it rules communication, it rules your neighborhood, but it rules your primary years of school. So that's basically any time up until college. So, and if you have Aries, so I said, if you had Aries in your first house, if you're an Aries rising, you likely did play sports or you're naturally pretty aggressive or Um, but it's funny because you have to also look at what, where Mars is in your chart, because like, let's say you're an Aries rising, but then your Mars is in Libra. You might not be like super aggressive and in your face and like playing team sports. Like that might be that you, um, maybe you do like ballet or maybe you do dance or maybe you do something that's more like. It, it is it is athletic and it is moving the body, but it's more focused on art and it's more focused on beauty. But also your Mars could be in detriment. So maybe you don't do those things. Maybe that's something that 
you know, you've always really wanted to, but it's never, or maybe there's been like a lot of injuries or just kind of a block in that area versus if you're like an Aries rising with your Mars and Scorpio, that's a very, mar you know, that's a, that's a really passionate Mars. So um, there'd probably be some like stronger athletic tendencies. Um, I could even see that being like a competitive swimmer. Um, but again, this is just, these are just different ways this energy can manifest. So if you are an Aries rising, um, look where your Mars is. And if your Mars is in Scorpio or it's in Capricorn, you might find that like your Mars is working real well. Like you really can like go after and get what you want. You're, you know, pretty assertive versus if your Mars is in like Libra or Taurus, you might like be a little bit more hesitant and have a little bit more control over your impulses and like what you say. Um, a lot of like Aries people, like people, a lot of Aries in their chart, like you kind of love them or hate them. I mean, I love Aries. I love Aries energy. My dad was an Aries. I have a lot of friends that are Aries. My midheavens and Aries. I love that like no bullshit, just get to the point kind of energy. Um, it really works for me. I think Capricorns and Aries, like we get each other on some level cause we're no bullshit. Um, but I do see that even, you know, with myself that that impatience and that like me first and, you know, I want to get what I want. That's definitely the shadow side of Aries, you know, that ego. Um, well, it's about what I want. So I know a lot of people like if you have an Aries moon, a lot of times um, it can be it's you think about what you need in relationships a lot. And that's, you know, neither good nor bad. But that can sometimes that's really great, because you're, you know, taking care of yourself. And you're not so you know, I have a Libra moon. So all I do is think about the other person in relationships and how they're feeling. Um, so I could use a little bit more of that Aries moon energy. But um, but that can also be, you know, a negative thing, because if you're never thinking about what your partner needs, and you're always thinking just about what you want, then that can, you know, you're probably you might not be like super supportive to your partner. So none of this is like good and bad. It's just like, just being aware of like different ways that that can play out. Um, also, Aries moons can be very volatile with their emotions. It can just be like anger is kind of their default emotion, or they're it's very expressive when they are emotional. Um, but again, like I said, depending on where Aries is in your chart, this may not be you, it could be someone in your life displaying this. So I'm not going to go through every single house, but I'm going to just kind of pull out a few houses for each of the signs. So for instance, if you have, if you're a, let's see, if you're a Capricorn rising and you have Aries in your fourth house, it could be that like your mother is like that, like your mom's very aggressive, or maybe you grew up in maybe a volatile home or just a really energy packed home. Maybe there was always stuff going on. And just like when I'm describing the energy of Aries, you're like, yeah, that's how I felt like growing up. Like that's how my house felt. Like it was this really like go, go, go energy. And there was maybe and be like you were expected to win a lot. Um, or you're expected to be the best. Um, and it, and I always like, this is how you perceive growing up. So for instance, my brother has Capricorn in his fourth house, I have Scorpio in my fourth house. I think he probably grew up thinking our life um, was like, um, difficult, like the external circumstances were difficult. Whereas like, I felt like, the emotional weight of what it felt like growing up. Like, I'm like, yeah, the circumstances were difficult, but I, I'm feeling much more like this Scorpio, the depth 
of what was going on. And like, I can see all the layers of what went on in our, you know, in our upbringing. So, so the fourth house, the fourth house is also the most private part of you. Um, well, it, it can be depending on where your IC is, but that's, that's a lot. That's a bit more advanced astrology. Um, but your fourth house is your early conditioning. Um, but it's also like, so that could be that like you only express anger at home. Or maybe, you know, your family didn't express anger out to anyone, but they expressed anger, you know, in the home. And it was this like very hidden thing. Um, if you have Aries in your fifth house, um, this is actually a placement that I've seen where um, you do something so that would make you a Sagittarius rising where you might do something athletic, but it's creative. So maybe you're like a figure skater or a synchronized swimmer or um, maybe even like a dancer, but something that's it's not necessarily like a contact team sport like basketball, um, which would be um, maybe in your 10th house or your first house. Um but it's, it's also like creativity and it's also children. So like you could have, your children could be like this. Like your children could be really aggressive and really like go after what they want and have a lot of that Aries energy. If you have Aries in your seventh house and you're liberalizing, you may attract partners like that. And you may feel like, and that's good, you know, good high vibration, low vibration of Aries energy. And you may have experienced different vibrations of like having partners that are, volatile and that are chaotic and that are impulsive and that don't think before they act. Um, and it may, but you also need a partner who knows what they want and goes after it and doesn't take shit from people. And it makes sense because, you know, that Libra energy a lot of times needs to be balanced out by like, no, take care of yourself. Like this is about you. Um, but, you know, Libra risings wanting to gravitate more towards, so my brother's a Libra rising and, um, his wife is an Aries and has a ton of Aries in her chart. And so obviously, I mean, it just perfectly shows up in his chart. Um, and that's something that's been really good is because Samuel just kind of tends to like say yes to everything or, um, you know, doesn't say what he needs and doesn't, you know, and she's like, no, no, <laughs> like, don't take shit. Um, and it's really good for him. Um, and then another place that it could be presenting if you, um, have Aries in your 10th house. So that would be, I believe, a cancer. Is that, yeah, cancer rising. So it could be that you have, you know, your authority is like that. Like your boss at work is like that. Um, it could be that you work in a job that's very physical. Um, but yeah, 10th house is often like associated with like boss and authority figures. So it could be that you had teachers and coaches and different or even your father is this has a lot of Aries energy going on. So again, we all and that's even if you don't have any planets there um, can be an empty quote unquote empty house, but that that energy still rules that house. And depending on where Mars is in the chart, that's going to kind of flavor how that is experience is for you. Um, so yeah, hit me up on Instagram if you want to know, have like a specific question about your chart. Of course, if you really want to dive straight in, get a reading, we can talk about it then too. Um, my next, so the next sign is Leo. And I love Leo energy. I'm the Leo rising. Um, Leo is a fixed sign. It's ruled by the sun. 
Um, Leo is, Leo, I think, gets a bad rap because Leo is always like, oh, it wants to be the center of attention and shine. But when a Leo is shining its brightest, everyone around them gets to be warmed up. And, you know, a, a high vibration of a Leo is so inspiring. Um, and they just make you feel like you can do anything. And if you think about that, like, when, if, like, think about Leo, it's fixed energy, it's fire that's, you know, it's a fire sign, but it's fire that is contained. So if you think about like a bonfire, or you think about like a contained fire, like, Pete, we gather around that fire. But when it starts getting too high or out of control, it can really burn people. And when it's low, then everyone's cold. So Leo energy is it it needs to be seen. And so people with a lot of Leo in their chart, if they, you know, are always, if they feel, you know, they've always kind of been to the center of attention or find themselves as the center of attention and like shame themselves over that, um, they, you know, end up not feeling fully themselves. And then the world around them doesn't get to benefit from their warm energy. Whew. There was so much energy going on, guys. I stopped and saged the room and got some crystals because, oh my gosh, just recording that, I was like, I can't finish this, but um, I can. I feel I feel good. I grabbed some, um, I grabbed, I'll tell you what I grabbed. I grabbed a selenite. <laughs> well, it was a triangle and now it's just like this broken thing. <laughs> it's like broken so many times. Selenite's a cleansing crystal and like I think I slept with it next to my bed for a while and I have so much activity going on um, just all around all the time. Just a lot of energy that um, if you don't know this, crystals will, if you don't cleanse them, um, enough like as they're building up energy um, or they just absorb so much energy they can break um, so selenite you know is self-cleansing but it also um, yeah I know a lot of people like their selenite breaks <laughs> pretty often and I think it's because it's absorbing so much of our energy um, I also have canvasite um, this one's a really powerful one it's really good for um, psychic um, protection also intuition um, I really like using it for protection. I think it's a really great one. I also really love Guardianite for that as well. But I don't know where my Guardianite bracelet is right now. I need to get a new one along with a new Shungite bracelet. Um, I also have some green fluorite. Um, I really love that just for like mental clarity and helping me speak because, yeah, I get a little scattered. And then um, I have an orange calcite, which is really good working with the solar plex chakra and... Um, and being seen, which is, you know, all about some Leo energy. And then I have my trusty, huge Rondite crystal. This thing is massive. You can like use it as a bookend and stand it up, but I just love it. I will sit on it a lot during sessions um, and I'm just like holding it in my lap right now. It's very, very grounding for me. Um, anyway, so Let's jump back to where we were. So Leo. So Leo is ruled by the sun. Leo is associated with creativity, self-expression. Um, it's the lion. Um, it's There's a lot of 
theatrics associated with Leo. So Leo wants to express the drama. It's also, it's a fixed sign. So it's very, very, very loyal. So Leo energy, you know, Leo sons, they're very loyal people and they want the people around them to thrive. So I have a good friend of mine and she's a Leo rising and she has a Leo sun and then she has her moon in Aries. So she's super, she's got a lot of fire going on and she, you're very, she really wants the people around her to thrive, but also she's very visible. Like she's very tall. She's stunning. Um, but she has a very loud presence. I shouldn't say loud. She has a very prominent presence because she's not somebody that's like, look at me. I'm the center of attention, but like you can't miss her when she comes in a room and she's so warm. And that's another quality of Leo. They're very warm and they're just in, think of the sun. So, you know, we get so caught up in learning all these like technical things about all the signs, but just think about the planet that rules them and it can give you a lot of information. So, um, oh, I also wanted to talk about like what, because we I talked about last week about diurnal and nocturnal planets, um, like in which team they play for. Um, so um, Mars is, it plays for the night team. So that not necessarily saying that like Aries is a night sign, but I'm just letting you know Mars plays for the night team. Um, and then Aries, I mean, I'm sorry, and then Leo, the sun is obviously placed for the day team. The sun is the captain of the day team. Um, so people with a lot of Leo energy in their chart, they tend to be, I find that Leos tend to be very fashionable. They have their own sense of style. There's like a regalness and like a royal, a royalty to a Leo. So Leo Risings, is, I'm a Leo Rising, so as well as my partner is also a Leo rising and or Leo suns and moons um, or if you have prominent Leo placements, there's this very like grand energy to Leo. So my brother has uh, his Venus in Leo and his proposal was literally like a show. It was him playing the guitar in a park and his now wife found him through the park and um, and it was so hot outside. I think they actually got engaged during Leo season and they got married during Leo season. So it was so hot outside, but it was in the sun, in the heat of the day. Um, my brother is a day, he has a day chart. So he, you know, that he's ruled by the sun versus the moon and just very visible and apparent. And that's how he is with like love and self-expression because his Venus is there and I'm a Leo rising. So I'm very dramatic. Like if you, <laughs> it's so, I'm going to start doing video for the podcast and start having this available in video form as well. But if you saw me right now, I'm like, my arms are up in the air and I'm talking with my hands. And because your first house is like your personality, it's how you come off. And I would definitely say that one of the ways um, that I come off is dramatic. But you have to always look for my Leo risings, just like my Aries risings, you got to look where the ruling planet is. So if you're a Leo rising, and you're like, that doesn't describe me. Okay, but where's your sun? Because for instance, my sun is in Capricorn in the sixth house. So that's not like the dopest place. The sun doesn't like love being the sixth house. The sun has its joy in 
the ninth house. So, which is a very, it's a very visible house. It's like at the top of the chart. Um, and it also has to do with like travel and exploration and learning, but it's, it has to do with philosophy and like seeing truth. So the sun is all about like seeing the truth. It's associated with the sixth chakra, um, your third eye, which is about seeing the truth, um, so that can be through religion. That can be through philosophy. So that's where the sun is said to have its joy. So if you have a sun and it's in the ninth house, then you probably have a really strong sun, meaning your essence, like you're seen, you're very visible. Um, whereas if you have, you know, your sun in even the sixth house for me, um, it's not that I'm not visible. I'm a Leo rising. I'm visible. <laughs> I have an Aries midheaven. I'm visible. Um, also, my son is in Capricorn. So I'm like, bitch, if I want to be visible, I'm visible. And that's true. If I want you to pay attention to me, you will. But I also have this because the son doesn't love being the sixth house. The sixth house is like your daily work and your chores and service to other people. So it's not a very visible house. So I kind of have this love hate relationship with being seen. Like I want to be seen. I love being seen. I mean, I grew up acting. I grew up telling stories and performing, which is very Leo. Um, but I also like really didn't want to be seen. And I had this and I'm, I had a past life experience not too long ago where I realized that I was an actress in a past life. And part of my exposure and who I was, was had to do with why I died and so much of my suffering in my life. And I think that I'm carrying that from that past life. And now I do struggle to be seen along with some, I definitely think I have like the witch wound. And if you don't know about that, um, actually... Catherine Whaler, she's been on this podcast. She has a really amazing episode on the witch wound on her podcast. I'll link it in the show notes below um, where I have some a fear of being seen for that of like my gifts or like um, anything that's going to set me apart from society. I have, you know, some fear there. And again, that's Capricorn. Capricorn really wants to fit in. So as you can see, like, though I have a Leo rising because of where my sun is, because of what sign it's in, it's changing the way that like my sun is functioning, if that makes sense. Versus if I had my sun in my ninth house and I was an Aries, then it'd be bomb as fuck. <laughs> If you're a Leo rising and your son in Aries, I'm low-key, let's be real, I'm high-key jealous of you in like a good way um, because that's a bomb-ass placement. And you might be like, no, it's not. It's so much energy. But my guess is you don't have a problem being seen. <laughs> now, maybe you don't want to be seen. Maybe you wish you weren't always so visible to everybody. Maybe you're actually in a position where you you know, feel like you can't hide if everything you do is seen. But my guess is because it's in the ninth house, it's, it's probably a positive for you. Um, so yeah, just so if you do, if you have an Aries, or if you're a Leo rising with your, uh, yeah, son in the ninth house, that's like a really, that's a great placement for your son. Um, so that's Leo energy. Leo energy is, 
it's also, I will say Leo energy is fire, so it's hot. So if you, you know, piss off a Leo, don't expect to like hear from them. Like Leos are like, fuck you. And that's very like, that's very typical for fixed energy in general. They're slow to let people in and they're also slow to let people out. So, you know, Leos are really, really loyal um, and they're going to stay around, but they also are a very proud, like it's a proud energy and they have a lot of self-respect generally, um, depending on the placement of their chart. But generally that's how that, you know, functions. And so they're not going to want to be, you know, pushed around and taken advantage of. And they're, you know, they're not going to be walked all over. They're going to let you know pretty quick Maybe not pretty quick. That'd be more like an Aries. But eventually, the it'll pile up and there will be a cut. There will be that, you know, hot Leo cut. Um, and Leos also, they need attention. And that sounds, you know, I think that can have a negative connotation to it. But I want to, you know, needing attention, if that's your essence and that's your soul essence, then you function best when you're seen. And that's because that's part of what you came here to do. So if you do have a lot of Leo in your chart and you struggle with feeling like it's okay to be seen or like it's okay to want that or even like you're worthy of that, like I get you, I totally understand that. But remembering that like that's part of how you serve the world around you, especially like if you're like me and you're a Leo rising and then you have your, you know, son in your sixth house, that is like feeling that constriction of like, but I want to serve people. I don't want it to be all about me, but that's how you serve people. Um, so, in, you know, and maybe you have your maybe you're a Leo or maybe you, you know, let's say we'll do a different rising sign. You're a Libra rising and you have your, ooh, actually I like this one. Let's say you're a Virgo rising and you're a Leo sun. Okay. So that means that you are naturally probably not as visible as most Leos. You might be behind the scenes a little bit more um, because 12th house is typically hidden. Um, but that's still it's a it's still a, this a really strong sun because it's in Leo. So still like making sure that you're letting your light shine, even if you're supporting from behind the scenes. So maybe you're not the one um, like your face isn't the face of the company, but you're the one that's like making sure that the company's running correctly. Like it's still vital for you for you to let your light shine in order for everyone around you to feel um, to feel that warmth so that they, so that they can be visible. And so it's, it can, it can manifest in different ways, but Leo in general, it's about you shining your light and you throwing yourself a party and you celebrating yourself so that everyone around you gets to benefit. But ultimately you, you're kind of here to get to be selfish a little bit. <laughs> and that's, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for you to make things about you because, the truth is, so let's say like an Aquarius sun, Aquarius suns don't really want to make things about them. Or if you have a lot of Aquarius in your chart, you want to make things about society and whole and, you know, humanity. And so you're not necessarily here to make things all about you. Now, if you're a Leo rising in an Aquarius sun, then that's an interesting um 
you know, energy that you're here learning to balance because, you know, you're, you are here to have things be about you, but you're, it's almost like about you, but serving the collective. So when you make things about you, it ends up benefiting the people around you. Um, but yeah, so the biggest takeaway for Leo's is like letting yourself be seen in whatever circumstance of life that and, and so if you aren't if you don't have any Leo in your chart, let's say you have um Leo um in your 12th house. Again, this might be if you're a Virgo rising, but you don't have any Leo placements, it might be really hard for you to shine and be seen and be a parent. Um, but you know, stepping into that and asking yourself, like, what is my essence? Where can I let my, let my light shine? Because you still do have Leo in your chart. And we still all have that part of us that like, when we embrace our creativity, when we embrace our unique spark, we light up and the collective benefits. And then finally, we get to Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the third fire sign. It is a mutable fire sign. It is ruled by Jupiter. Sagittarius, it's a sign that's associated with optimism, open-mindedness, philosophy, religion, long-term travel. Um, it's associated with the macro. It's associated with the big pictures, big picture. So Sag Sagittarius energy is always asking why, but why? Like what's well, actually I take that back. They're not actually asking why. They're they're wanting to know the why in the bigger scheme of things. So they're wanting to philosophize philosophize um the and give big truths, universal truths to our everyday lives. Like that's what Sagittarius energy is. They tend it tends to be it's a really optimistic fun sign to be around, but again with that mutable energy, there's an unpredictability to them. Um, Sag energy, if you have like your son and Sag, you're probably, unless you have like my mom, she has like a Sag sun and then a Scorpio moon. And so she's like always in her feels. But if you talk to her about like any problem, she's like always trying to find the most optimistic perspective of it. Um, also, Sagittarius can be associated with religion. And so, and even even to some extent the law, but it's more of the law of like a, from a philosophical way, less of like a justice. That's more Libra energy, um, but like the philosophy of the law. So Sagittarius, they tend to want to, they, they love storytelling. They want to tell their truth in a way that brings in that brings in truths from the universe. They want to tell that they, they I don't there is definitely like a tendency to be a little fanatical or even pious with Sagittarius energy because they um they see the big picture and so sometimes they can kind of forget to be human. Um I sound like I'm hating on Sag energy a lot. I actually really, really love Sagittarius energy. Um, my mom is a Sag and then in Vedic astrology, I have like five planets in Sagittarius and I have my Mars in Sag, which rules my midheaven. So I, I have like, like, and then my whole life people thought I told, I, you know, I thought I was a Sagittarius because I was born right on the cusp, but I guess probably as a Capricorn, Sagittarius is probably the hardest one for me to like 
stay positive about, even though it's literally the planet. It's like the sign of optimism, which is hilarious. But every sign that like comes after the zodiac sign is kind of a correction to it. So like Capricorn's kind of like corrected Sagittarius is like over optimism. So sometimes like I think I look at Sagittarius and I'm like, yeah, but you tend to like bite off more than you can chew and you tend to like over promise and under deliver and you tend to, which is all true for Sagittarius, but also Sagittarius energy is showing us the big picture in like a really beautiful way. And it is showing us that optimism of like what could happen. And so if you and they're also they're so creative and um, it's Jupiter. So it's expansion and they always they want to know, learn truth. But from like this, it, they don't want to know the details. They want to understand the universal truths behind it. So they want to find out like the connection to other humans. Um, but in Sagittarius, it's the only sign that's not an actual animal. It's half man, half um, centaur. So it's, you know, it's a man up top and a centaur, or I guess that's what a centaur is. And it's the arrow shooting, shooting up. So it's always like Sagittarius is always going. Sagittarius is always on its way. So if you talk to a Sagittarius, what's coming next? They're so excited about what's coming next. Um, again, there's a lot of optimism there. Um, some famous Sagittariuses are Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift. So you can see in all of them, there's kind of this like theatric going on but they also have like this non-human part to them where there's like this magic and this mystery like I really one of my favorite ways to kind of learn and unpack astrology is watching my kids because I teach um and I have all of their birth information <laughs> uh so I mean I don't know like their time or where they're born but I do know like you know if they're a you know Sagittarius or an Aquarius or whatever um and sometimes I can figure out their moon based, like, depending on what moon they were born under. But it's so funny because I can really see this energy, like, well displayed, untainted when they're kids. So, like, I think that a lot of times as we grow, our, our son is, like, our authentic essence. And I think that as we age, sometimes, like, society, well, for sure, society, like, corrects that and we change and adapt to fit in. So, but, like, before nine or really before seven, like, that energy is just untainted. So, when I meet a little kid that's a Sagittarius, holy shit, they're a Sagittarius. Like, Oh my God. And it's, they're all, they come in, they all dress really unique. They all have very interesting, like creative ideas. They do not want to be taught like the other kids. Like they don't want me to tell them like, here, you're going to, you're going to support from right here and you're going to take a breath in here. No, 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 no. They want me to be like, okay. And so I want you to feel this song like opening up and like, what is this feeling like in your soul? Like they want to connect with the music on a, on a spiritual level, even um, definitely a creative level, but they all have really unique ways of dressing. Like they don't, their clothes rarely will match. They will wear like odd accessories. A lot of times they'll come in with like purple eyeshadow or their hair, you know, done kind of funky. They're definitely just natural artists. Um, 
they're very optimistic, not necessarily about life. Like they're not always coming in like, everything's wonderful. Oh my gosh, I love my life. But they're like optimistic about what they think they can do. Like they will always bring in like the hardest songs ever and be like, I can do this. And most of the time that's completely true. And as that Jupiter, it's always, it's expansion. It's like wishes and hopes. And there's this big energy of like beyond to it. So that's the, that's that Sagittarius energy. Um, They also want to be the, they want to be the sage wisdom. So they want to know the truth and they also want to be the one that's teaching the truth. So that's, I would say kind of a shad can be a shadowy place for Sagittarius is that they always think that they have the answer. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the practical of, okay, but what does that look like on a daily basis? Like, what are you, you know, paying your bills and doing that kind of stuff? Like that stuff is a little bit more difficult for Sag energy um, versus if like a Virgo energy, which is like, they're, they're on top of their shit. Like they're, you know, they got it. They're ready to go. Um, so a lot of times Sag energy does need to be grounded, but they also are, again, they're taking us creatively to places that the rest of us are probably afraid to go. So they're very innovative and forward thinking and they, they're just otherworldly. That's, that's the best word I know how to use for Sagittarius, otherworldly. And they love to travel. Sag energy loves to learn and explore different cultures. Um, they want to expand. They want to expand their knowledge their awareness. If you're a Sag rising, um, oh, by the way, like Sages are so, like Sag risings especially, they're so fun to be around. Like they're just fun. <laughs> like if you go off with it, actually my good friend, he's a Sag rising. If you go off with him, he's like, we're going to get shots. You want a shot? You want a shot? Like is going to make friends with the whole room. Like they're a very friendly energy. They don't like to be tied down. So if you think that mutability, like Sag, they're, you know, look at Taylor Swift. She's got a man then she doesn't. And, you know, Miley Cyrus and, and Britney Spears, like they both, they've all had multiple partners and Part of that is that, like, I don't want to be tied down. Like, I'm ever evolving. I'm ever changing. They don't want the comfort and, like, the word, and I think Taylor Swift probably has the most love-hate. I know her chart really well. She's got a lot of Scorpio in her chart. So I think that she probably has, like, the most love-hate with this of, like, she does want that consistency but also wants that freedom. Um, But... There's, yeah, there's just always, they always just want to be open to what's next, like what's coming, what's um, always wanting to expand and evolve. And um, sometimes, again, like I said, it can be an energy that makes functioning in the daily world really difficult for them. Um, Sages can really benefit from looking at the Gemini counterpart of like, okay, but what are the details? Like, you know, Sages are the ones that can get pulled into like a cult pretty easy. Also Pisces, just FYI, uh, both Jupiterian signs. Um, they tend to, you know, not always ask, not always reading the fine print. Again, I have my Mars in Sagittarius. So I definitely have this going on for me, for sure. I've got that energy in my chart. Um, if you have, you know, Sag in your seventh house, your Gemini rising, you might attract partners like that, that are like bigger than life and otherworldly. Um, if you have, let's see, Sag in your, um, 
let's see, third house, you might have siblings like that. You may have been a lot more like that in your childhood. If you have it in your fourth house, you might, your mom might be like that. Your mom might be really creative and um, otherworldly and always, oh, sad. They love like learning about astrology and different things like that. Like they're very, they're very open-minded. They just love learning about the philosophies of life. Um, And that's a Jupiter ruled sign and Jupiter again is on the date is on the day team. So that's kind of an overview for Sag. And I mentioned I talked a little bit about like my Sag kids and I thought that'd be kind of fun to go over for Leo and Aries too. So my Leo kids, they need to be watched. And it's funny because they're not the ones like coming in being like, I want the attention. Um, That actually tends to be a little bit more of my Aries kids. Um, My Aries kids can get me off topic. It's funny that even now they're getting me off topic from talking to me about the Leos. Um, My Leo kids come in and like, if I watch them and like give them my undivided attention and like pay attention to them and especially give them a stage and a fake microphone, they come alive and they'll dance and they'll move a lot. Like they, you know, like some kids, if I like stare at them and I stop everything I'm doing and I watch them dead on, they like, like you can tell it's really freaky for them to have all of that attention. My Capricorn kids (laughs) kind of can get like that. They're like, uh, uh, don't give me so much attention. Um, but my Leo kids, it's like some, and some of them are sometimes really quiet kids naturally. And then when I give them all of my undivided attention and they're given like a stage and they get to perform, they come alive and they are totally just in that Leo essence. Um, like I said, my Aries kids, whoa, they can get me off topic. They run their lessons and it's such an Aries quality. Um, they're the leaders. They want to be in charge. Um, and even as kids, like they can't, that's them. They they want to be in, tr- and they tell me what they want. I have one. She's so cute. She uh, She's an Aries and she really, she, she wants me to tell her that she's doing a good job all the time. She's like, did I do a good job? Did I do a good job? Did I do a good job? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So she's very like, like she doesn't wait for me to tell her that she did a good job. She's like, I want to know now. And um, they also have a really hard time on staying on the same song. I would say that's true for Aries and Sag. My Sag kids change literally every week. Sometimes like during the lesson, they're like, I want to do a different song. My Aries kids will generally get really excited and passionate about a song and be like, I'm going to learn this song. Then the next week they're like, eh, I want to do a different one which is again, that very cardinal energy. Whereas my Leo kids, they're like, I will work on this song until I die. And then, I mean, that'll be like four or two months. And I'm like, okay, I think we're ready to move on. They're like, but really, like, are we? (laughs) Because that fixed energy, they're consistent. They want to keep doing the same thing. So just maybe some tips. I know a lot of people are um, do teach their kids from home, or if you're a teacher yourself, or if you have... um, fixed sign children, um, Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, and Aquarius, have something for them that's really consistent. So like my fixed sign kids, um, we do a workbook. They need that consistency of doing the same thing. They need something. Um, yeah, they, they like consistency and they want to work on something for, you know, a longer amount of time. Um, Aries kids, cart especially, let them kind of set the tone of what's going on. Ask them, like, well, what do you want to do today? And let them decide. 
you know, have more of a say because they're really, they don't do well when they're like shoved in a box and said, well, you have to do this. Like, but you, you got to help them rein in that Aries energy because, and you know, said, and one of the things that's great about Aries kids, you can really talk straight to them. You can be like, hey, I understand that you want to change songs or you want to do this thing, but do you understand that you have this project to do on this day? What are we going to do about that? Like, that's something you can, you know, level with an Aries. Um, Sagittarius, make sure there's a lot of creativity and expansion. Don't try to box them in. Um, they're not going to do things like everybody else. And they can't. <laughs> so, you know, learn from them. They're probably, I think a lot of times Sagittarius and Pisces, especially, eh, all of them. All of them, all of the signs have something they're here to teach us. And I think that we learn the lessons sometimes the best through children. So let your Sag be them. Let them dress the way they want to dress. Let them express themselves the way they want to express themselves. And they're going to have probably a really strong conceptualization of who they are from an early age. And if you will not smash that and not try to mold it to something else, they will get to express that really beautiful, creative, otherworldly energy. So just giving them a lot of space and not having them always play by the rules. So like giving them a workbook, probably not a great idea. I'm expecting them to stick with a really strict schedule, probably not a re really great idea. But you know, trying to figure out ways to support them by um, creating maybe flexible structure is a great way to kind of think about it. So I might do these for all the signs. I'm really passionate about, you know, teaching kids specifically, honestly, to their elements and their sign. Um, and I found it's been extraordinarily helpful um, in teaching. So I have about 46 students that I meet with every week. And I think I have all the signs represented, multiple of most signs. And I've been teaching for several years. So it's fun that I've gotten to oh yeah, this kid was a cancer and this kid was a cancer. And I see, I see those overlaps. Um, so anyway, I know this is already, you know, I talk a lot. So this has been a long episode, but I hope you guys got something out of it. If you have any questions or suggestions or ideas for episodes, please, please, please email me, um, reach out to me on Instagram. All my info is in the show notes. Reach out to me on Instagram at I Speak Human Podcast, my personal Instagram at Victoria G. Stevens. Um, please, 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 if you are enjoying this episode, please subscribe, rate, review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Share it with a friend. Share it to social media. That really helps this podcast grow. Um, I'm really passionate about helping people understand astrology and how to use it to help benefit their lives. So it really is just my heart just to have this content as available and accessible to as many people as possible. Um, yeah, and it's a language. So I just like speaking the language to people. Um, yes. So if you uh, want to book a reading with me, all that info is in the show notes. Um, and let me know what you think of today's episode. How, you know, tell me about your fire signs. If you are, if you have prominent fire placements in your chart, Tell me about him. How have those shown up for you? I hope you guys have a fantastic week and enjoy this Mars in Gemini energy.